What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Breaking the Goal Line Podcast. I am your host, as always, Russell Goddard, and uh, it's great to be back with you. It's great to be talking to you guys. It's great to have you listen to me and whatever you're doing right now, and I appreciate it, as always. Uh, Look, we're coming down to it. Training camp is here. We had the Steelers and the Cowboys report today. We'll be talking a little bit about both teams. We have a couple more teams reporting tomorrow, and by Wednesday next week, every team is going to be reported, and we are here. It is training camp, and then preseason, and then the regular season. We're kicking off, and I am excited. It gets closer and closer by the day, Uh, but you know, let's take it one day at a time until we get there, and you know, right here, we're sitting, what is it, July 22nd? It's a Thursday. I'm recording this late. I'm recording this at 925, a nice late recording this morning to this morning. Uh, tonight, uh, but we're gonna get into a little Aaron Rodgers talk, a little Steelers talk, you know, a little Big Ben there, uh, a little college football talk with the NIL with name, image, and likeness, and also what Texas and Oklahoma is doing and what they're trying to do. And I don't know if I have a huge take on that yet, but it's gonna develop, and I think it can go a couple different ways. Uh, so we're gonna we're getting all that before we do. As always, go ahead and hit the subscribe button for me, please, wherever you listen to. It's Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Anchor, wherever you go. Please go ahead, hit that subscribe button. And as always, if you listen on Apple iTunes, because it's the only place to really leave a review, go ahead and leave me a review, please. Get five stars if you could. That would be very appreciative. All right, guys, let's just let's get in all of it. Okay, let's start with something that happened a couple days ago. That was announced a couple days ago. And from for me... Something that I thought was going to happen since he won his first Super Bowl with the Indianapolis Colts. And of course, I'm talking about Peyton Manning. And the news now is that him and his brother Eli will now be working in some capacity with Monday Night Football. We now know the capacity is going to be 10 Monday Night Football games. Eli and Peyton are going to do 10 Monday Night Football games. So Lewis Riddick and Brian Greasy and and, and uh, you know whoever else does it with him, uh, what's his name, uh, Steve Levy, right, or something like that. He's the hockey guy. He's up there. So they're only going to do seven, and then Peyton and Eli get to do the, are going to do ten. But the thing about Peyton and Eli is that they're going to do it remotely. So they're just going to do it from their homes, which. I'm curious to see how they're going to make it work and what's going to happen. But let's 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 go back to the beginning with all this. Yeah, I mean, I think since the day or even before, maybe a couple years before Peyton retired, uh, Fox, NBC, you know, Monday Night Football, everybody's trying to get him to come on board. Like Drew Brees came on board with NBC, you know, hey, because who doesn't want Peyton? I Peyton, I mean, come on, Peyton's just been a polarizing figure since he stepped foot in the league. I mean, this guy, he's great. He's a great guy, and he has this. He has this. This southern charm about him, and he's he's really goofy, but also super smart, and he just makes everything work. And him on TV, you know, calling a game, I think I'm in agreement to say that everyone is is in agreement to say it'd be pretty freaking good. I, I just think he'd be naturally good. Now, look, he could be bad. Sure, he could be bad, but I think he'd be good. And and, and Eli's going to be good too. I honestly, I think Eli could be even a little bit better because Eli's a little more edgier, and TV likes a little more edgier sometimes. You know, they're a little more John Gruden, a little more edgier. But now these two are going to get together remotely, and they're going to call 10 games a year. And look, whether this is going to lead to, you know, in a couple years down the line, one of them, you know, Monday night, because Peyton has been saying no, 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 since since he retired. I mean, everyone's been asking him, and he just keeps saying no. He's okay with, he was okay with not calling games. He was good with just doing his his uh, his commercials with, with uh Brad Paisley, the progressive commercials. He's all right with doing all his stuff. He's doing his his show on ESPN. He's living the life. He's Peyton freaking Manning. He's good. And Eli just retired. It's not like Eli's been out of the game very long, you know. So I, I feel like this is a perfect spot for Eli. But I think I think Monday Night Football is trying to grab one of them. Because let's be real, since John Gruden has left the booth, Monday Night Football, it's been abysmal. It just has not been good. They they they, they it seems like they switched. They switch the crew up every year. I think this this year going into it, which not even true because for for ten of the games they're not even going to have the same crew as last year. But this is going to be one of the first years that they're going to have the same crew in like four years 
Remember they had Booger McFarlane, and they tried to change so many things around. It just it wasn't working. Since Gruden left the booth, it just hasn't been working the past you know three three four years now. And let's be real, there there was a time gap you know before Gruden where Monday Night Football wasn't very good, and but when Monday Night Football was still good. I mean. With Dandy Don, you know, turn out the lights, the party's over. You know, that's Monday Night Football there. That's, that's you know, that's classics. And Monday Night Football needs to get back to what it is because Sunday Night Football has taken Monday Night Football over. Monday Night Football used to be the most watched event of the week every single week. It used to be, it used to be the football game to watch. No matter what, it was the football game to watch. Now, I would say the past maybe decade, eight years, Sunday Night Football has dramatically taken over, over Monday Night Football. I remember as a little kid, Monday Night Football was still, you know, really, really big. But then as I started getting into my early teens, you know, mid-teens, I started noticing Sunday Night Football. And then, and then, you know, I, you know, I mean, when I was in my early 20s, it was, it was only Sunday Night Football. Monday Night Football was just, I mean, the best thing about Monday Night Football was, was John Gruden. For whatever reason, Monday Night Football started going down. But now you have these two guys who I think work really well are going to be good on TV. And look, hey, they might not be, but I think they are. And I, I think it's going to be cool. And I'm interested to see the dynamic. And, and I saw the production company that's doing the doing the streams for, for Peyton and Eli. It's Omaha Production Company. Look, come on, I'm not born yesterday. I don't think anybody is. Omaha Production Company. Clearly Peyton. Omaha, Omaha. It's clearly his production company. So he's making some money off that as well. Peyton's a smart guy. Eli's a smart guy. I think I think Monday Night Football is trying to get one of these two guys to to take the bait and finally say yes to a full time gig. I think they want Peyton more over Eli, but I don't think they're gonna they're gonna scuff up their nose at Eli Manning if he says yes. And, and either one of those guys is gonna be able to be able to pick who they want to be, you know, their partner in the booth. You know, who, who who's gonna be the play by play? They're gonna be the color, and then they'll be the play. So we'll see what happens. I, I'm curious to see how the dynamic goes, but I'll tell you one thing, it definitely makes me more interested to watch these Monday night games. I don't think there's going to be a single month. I, I don't think there's a single Monday night game I miss unless for whatever reason, but I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've missed one in like two years, but if I, I'm definitely not going to miss one if Peyton and, and Eli are making the call. That's going to be pretty cool. Okay, so last week I had, I guess, my first guest on the show, uh, Jeff, and he was he was great. He was awesome. I had an absolutely fantastic time. Had a blast with him. We were just drinking, bullshit, and it was so much fun. I hope you guys enjoyed it too. I got a lot of positive feedback about it, so I think I'm gonna bring some more, uh, uh, you know, some more guests on, kind of, you know, you know, a little bit here and there, and you know, hopefully you guys continue to enjoy, you know, that content. But let's let's talk about someone that me and Jeff talked about a little bit, and Aaron Rodgers. Now, it was reported two days ago, whatnot, that he turned down a contract extension from the Packers that would have made him the highest paid player in the league, and he would have been the highest paid player. Some it was like he was going to be the highest paid player for like the next three years. It was a massive contract extension, had to be massive amount of money. Honestly, with that kind of money, I'm not even going to try to throw out a figure I think it could have been because I think I would be wrong. I, I, I could say way too much. I could say way too little. I don't really know in that standpoint, but it's a lot of freaking money. So clearly it's not about the money and, and I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, yeah, yeah well, no, I, I always 100% knew it wasn't about the money. So this isn't a big, I, I don't think this is a huge deal that Aaron Rodgers turned down the contract extension. What I am now certain of, and I'm going to go on record of saying, Aaron Rodgers will show up to training camp at some point, I think kind of early on, and Aaron Rodgers will play for the Green Bay Packers next season. Now, will Aaron Rodgers play for the Green Bay Packers after this season? I don't know. I'm going to lean on no. But he will play this year. That's why he didn't take a contract extension. That's why, That's why you know, he's being very vague about this. Aaron Rodgers, normally when you're upset, let's say, let's say you get, you know, let's say you get in a fight with, with your spouse, your significant other, whoever it is, 
and, and you're angry at something that they did. You're really upset with something that they did. It bothers you. It, it's making you, you can't just, you can't function. You're just really upset. Okay. And you tell them, Hey, I'm upset. Okay. I am upset. I think I want to leave. And they ask you why. And you kind of just shrug your shoulders and you go, I'm not too sure. That's pretty much what Aaron Rodgers is doing right now. It's very vague. Why is Aaron so upset? Is it Jordan Love? So Aaron Rodgers got so upset because they drafted Jordan Love that now he's turning down hundreds of millions of dollars more than likely? Really? No. And then he's on the, he's over here playing golf with Tom Brady, you know, and Bryce DeChambeau and Phil Mickelson, and they're on the match and they have a good time. And they're asking him, you know, you know, where are you going to be? Oh, we'll see. You know, I don't know. We'll, we'll just kind of see what kind of happens. You know, it just, I, I just, I don't see any urgency here for someone who's saying he doesn't want to be on this team, but for someone who also says he wants to win championships. And he said before that he does want to leave a legacy. Aaron Rodgers is going to be on the Green Bay Packers. He will show up to training camp. And he will play next year. He will be the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. I am almost certain of it at this point. I was, you know, a month ago, I didn't think he was. I didn't think he was going to be. He was going to be a Packer. But right here, July twenty second, I I believe he's going to be a Packer. I don't believe he's going to give up that amount of money. And I, but I also I also think he's going to come in saying, "Hey, look, this is your last year with me. We need to figure this out. We need. I need to be traded." At, at no matter if I win, no matter if we win a Super Bowl or not, I need to go. I think that I think that's very realistic. I think that is a very realistic thing for Rodgers now to come in and say. Because what are you going to come in and say? Hey, this is my last year, okay? And then you win a Super Bowl and you go, you know, I love you, I love you, Green Bay. I love you guys. And then all of a sudden it's like, all right, I'm out. No, I, I just. I don't know. I I think it would be hard to leave if you won a Super Bowl, but, but what are you going to do? You're going to go in there and say, yeah, I'm leaving. So the team is going to want to go, we have to go all in right now. So then if you win a Super Bowl, why wouldn't you just stay? So at the end of the day, you're going to stay regardless. If you win a Super Bowl, you're going to stay. I, I, it just doesn't make any sense. All the, Whatever is happening is just a little game that Aaron Rodgers decided to play in this, this offseason because he was bored. And Aaron, because Aaron Rodgers is really smart. He's really he's smarter than I am. He's smarter than all oh, than most of you listening. I I, I would assume. I, I'm just I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be mean, but he's a really smart dude. And and sometimes smart people, they get bored and they just do shit that doesn't make sense to other people. I I, I, I I'm starting to think that this is kind of what this is. I do think he's disgruntled and he doesn't want to play there for too much longer. And he maybe wants to go go somewhere else. But it's not going to be this year. It's not. He's not going to demand a trade. He's going to show up to training camp. And I think that's it. I think I think in two weeks, I think in two weeks, two and a half weeks, when I'm sitting in front of this microphone talking to you guys right now, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be wearing that number 12 in the Packers training camp. Dallas Cowboys reported for training camp today. They play in the Hall of Fame game this year, so the Steelers report early. And we're going to get into the Steelers a little bit uh, a little bit later. Uh, Big Ben decided to put down the cheeseburgers and the beer bong and start a diet. So we'll get into that in a little bit. But first, I want to talk about America's team. The Dallas Cowboys, who have not done anything at all it, it, it pretty much my entire lifetime. I mean, I, look, I was born in 1993. And... The Dallas Cowboys did win a couple Super Bowls, technically, in my lifetime, but not any that I can close call to remember. My earliest memory of the Dallas Cowboys is my Arizona Cardinals beating them uh, in the 1999 wild card game where Jake Plummer uh, scored. You know, we, we beat the Cowboys, and uh, that was like the last time the Cowboys were in the playoffs for a long time, I think until that Seattle game where Romo, uh, you, you know, he mishandled the, the, the PAT and they ended up losing to Seattle. So the Cowboys have just been that team that's been really great on paper and fantastic. They're America's team. They, they are one of the biggest brands in the world. You know, they, they are one of the reasons the NFL makes so much money. 
They have an owner who is very involved. And because of that, at times, the Cowboys have underachieved more than any other sports franchise in the world the last two decades. I would say two and a half, maybe. Jerry Jones, it came out earlier today. Jerry Jones is now taking the full blame. He says, it is my fault with what happened between him and Jimmy Johnson. It's pretty, he pretty, he took the blame, you know, and now he says that, you know, he told the story about when Barry Switzer came in, because for those of you who don't know, Jimmy Johnson was the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys when they won two out of the three Super Bowls with Troy Aikman and Emmitt Smith and uh, Michael Irvin and, and the great team of the mid-90s for the Dallas Cowboys. He coached two out of the three Super Bowls, two out of the three because, well, Jerry fired him after the second because Jerry wanted to be, Jerry wanted to get credit for the wins. Everybody was giving Jimmy credit for the wins. Jerry, the owner, general manager, he was, he was on, you know, a lot of people don't know this, you know, I mean, I wouldn't have even known this, you know, if I didn't do research on it and it wasn't, but Jerry Jones wasn't, when he first bought the team, he cleaned house and what he, his first goals were to make this a more financially stable organization they were already a huge fan base probably the biggest fan base them and the Packers in the NFL so he just wanted to make it more of a financial situation and, and he did and then and then he you know became gen- the general manager and he he actually was making really good moves and he was just the front office side of it really and he, he didn't even he wasn't even too involved that he had a general manager he wasn't super involved yet in, in the whole picking the players and and how he is right now super heavy but then when he when they started winning Super Bowls and he didn't get the credit, well, he wanted that. And him and Jimmy, they were at odds. And he told a story, and he fired him. And he told a story, and Barry Switzer came in. Barry Switzer came in. He said, and Barry Switzer coached Jimmy Johnson and and uh, and Jerry Jones. They were on the they were teammates together. And Barry Switzer coached him. And he said, hey, where's Jimmy? He said, uh, you know, Barry, you know, Jimmy's gone. And oh, where's 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 Jimmy? Oh, he's why do why do you want to see him so bad? And and Switzer said, "Well, I wanted to sit both of you dumbasses down and ask how could you fuck this up?" And it's true, how could you fucked that up? And look is what happened since the Dallas Cowboys again this year are on hard knocks. This is going to be their third or fourth year. They've been on it how many times? It's a distraction. And now Jerry's coming out and he's taking blame for the Jimmy Johnson thing. I get it. I understand that. You know, maybe you're trying to squash it. You're trying to put water under the bridge. I understand that. Maybe you're trying to settle your beef with Jimmy. Maybe you're trying to get Jimmy to come back and play a, a maybe, it may be a role in your franchise. I, 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 why wouldn't you want that? My, maybe Jimmy wants to. Maybe Jimmy wants to go be president of operations. Or maybe Jimmy, I don't know if he does. He has a cushy job and he likes. I don't think he would do that. But maybe, you know, hey, Jimmy, you know, maybe, you know, I throw some stuff at you a couple times a year. But I I just, this is just to me is another distraction than Jerry just being Jerry. I don't think the Cowboys are, I I just don't think they're going to get over the hump this year. I would be surprised if they win more than nine games. I really would be. I'm going to come out with my, who I think is going to win the divisions. The NFC East doesn't look good. Honestly, shit. The NFC East, I I think the, the I think the the winner could be, like Jeff said on my podcast last week, nine or ten games. I think ten games might lock up that might lock up that division. The Cowboys, hard knocks. You know Jerry coming out and being Jerry. Is McCarthy the right coach? You paid Dak all this money. He just come off an injury. You can't seem to figure out your defense. Your, your linebacker just retired. You know you're you're trying to piece together your secondary. You know, you're overpaying wide receivers. I don't know. I, I, I just I look at the Cowboys, and usually every year, and this is what I'm saying. Uh, this is what it goes back to what I started with. Every year, you know, the Cowboys, are they're there. They're good on paper. They, they should be there, but then they don't achieve anything. But they should be there. They're good on paper. I look at the Dallas Cowboys this year, and I don't think they're very good on paper. I, I, and this is the first time, I think, since... I, since I've been able to calculate what a team looks good on paper on, so maybe, you know, 6th, 6th, 7th grade around that time frame, that I can say the Dallas Cowboys don't look good on paper. I don't think they do. And I know people are, oh, they still got Zeke. Deck is great. Eh, Amari, CeeDee Lamb's going to break out. 
Oh, we got we got some guys in the back. We got we drafted Patrick Sertain. He's gonna come up. We got some defensive players. Ah, I just don't see it. I don't see it with your coach. I don't see it with your owner. I think your organization is trending in the wrong direction. I think you're still going to make plenty of money. Go ahead and be on hard knocks. You're going to sell more fucking jerseys. That's cool. That's fine. You're going to make a shit ton of money, Jerry, and the Cowboys, and Dak, and Zeke, and all these players. But at the end of it, when you're talking about just on the field, and we're talking about winning games, and we're talking about winning Super Bowls, I don't see it. I don't see it this year at all. I, 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 and it's, it's funny because going into the year, at the end of last year, I think I was a little bit differently. I thought the Cowboys maybe were going to kind of flip a flip a switch and, and, and if Dak could just step up. And here's the thing, it, it does rely on Dak. If Dak comes back and all of a sudden Dak's a top 10 quarterback, which I don't believe he is, or you know he's outside the top 15, or right, right, right in that range. But if he comes back, he's top 15, 15 uh, 10 quarterback, maybe 8 quarterback, well, then they're going to win more games. And that's just Dak taking that extra step, and all of a sudden it's like, woo, yeah, okay, maybe he is worth that money. I don't see that happening, and I just see the Cowboys just kind of puttering and puttering and puttering at 8-8, eight and 8-8, eight, eight and 8-8. Eight, eight and eight. But guess what? There are no more 8-8s. Eight so think about how does this sound? The Dallas Cowboys finish the season at 8-9. and nine. Ugh, that's not any good. You know what else doesn't sound good? Nine and eight. You still lost eight games? <sighs> Imagine if they go seven and ten. Think about it. Seven and ten is the new six and ten. Coaches get fired at six and ten. Coaches get fired at six and ten. And you're going to go seven and ten? I imagine it's going to be the same thing. Oh, you know, hey, we won seven games. You lost ten of them. You lost double, that's double digit losses. That's not good. <laughs> that's not good. And I just, this is what I see for the Cowboys. I don't think McCarthy's the guy. I think, I don't think the way that Jerry is continuing to handle the organization is going to go in the right direction. And I don't think Dak is a franchise. I do think Dak is a franchise quarterback, but I don't think Dak is a $40 million franchise quarterback. I, I just, I don't see it with the Cowboys. I'm very down on them this year. And I would be surprised if they win more than nine games. Just, I would be floored. I think I think seven to nine is right where the Cowboys are going to be this year. Seven to nine. All right, so let's talk about the man, the myth, the legend, the Browns beating, double whopper eating, beer bong raising, all around gunslinging champ, Big Ben Roethlisberger. He's decided to eat a salad. It's taken him seventeen years. He's going into his eighteenth year in the league, and Big Ben decided. He's going to eat some salads. He's going to go on a diet. He's going to put down the beer bong. He's going to put down the double cheeseburgers. He's going to put down the Coors Light in, you know, in the pool with, with the girls and his boys. And he is going to get into shape. Well, hopefully more shape than he was last year. He's going to go on a diet. And he's going to go out and try to win a Super Bowl. And look, I like it. It's the right attitude to have. But let's not just... Let's not have this notion and put this idea in the air that Ben Roethlisberger decided, you know what, I want to play a couple more years. I'm going to try to kick this in a high level. I, I need to get into shape. I need to eat better. I need to do all that. No, no, this is not just a revolution, a revelation, sorry, that he had, you know, on his own, you know, while he's sipping his seventh margarita in his pool, you know, with the three topless girls around. Ben Roethlisberger is is he, he didn't just come to that. That epiphany didn't pop into his head. No, the Rooney said, "Hey, buddy, we're gonna cut you. Okay, we are gonna cut you if you don't get into shape. If you don't show up and be better, we we, we want to cut you right now. We don't care. We we saw it. I mean, it, it happened. You know. And then he wanted to come around and turn around like." You know, you know, I, I'm glad I came to the decision that t to restructure my deal. No, you didn't come to that decision. They said, hey, Ben, again, we're going to fucking cut you, bro. We are, <laughs> we're done. We're going to cut you because you were off. You stunk. You stunk. And look, I like Ben Roethlisberger. He is a first ballot Hall of Famer. You're talking about a two-time Super Bowl winning champion. He's been to three. When you look at the guy, he's huge. He's massive. He's everything you want at an, as an NFL quarterback, right? He, he, he's, he's not super mobile, but he's mobile enough, right? He's a good scrambler. 
He's a great in-pocket presence. He's a big, hard-body guy. He's able to make plays out of the pocket, in the pocket. Now, look, does he make the best? Is he the best at the line? No, he's not. I mean, they had to, from all reports, his entire career, they've had they've had a dumbed-down playbook compared to literally backups in the league. Ben Ben doesn't do a lot from the line. He gets the play. He runs the play. And look, he's really, really good at it. But he's starting to come on the tail end of his career. And now, going into his 18th year, all of a sudden he's going to start eating a couple more salads, and, and, and he thinks he's just going to turn around? Ah, sometimes it's too little too late. And I think going into his 18th year, it's a little too little too late. And this this morning, they posted a picture of him walking into camp, and he had a shirt on that said different. And and for whatever reason, everyone was saying New the new Ben Roethlisberger reporting for camp camp looking mean and lean ready to go. Go look at that picture. He looks the exact same. You can see the love handles, the beer guts, and the titties. It looks like me wearing a shirt. It, it's the same thing. Uh, he looks the exact same. What is different? I don't understand. I I, I don't get it. I mean, his face you know looked a little different. Look looked a little skinnier. Right, so obviously, clearly, he's doing some workout because working out more because your face is the first thing that goes. But at the same time, go go look at that photo. He literally has a clean beard trim, so that also you know is going to take a couple pounds off. It's not like I don't think Ben Roethlisberger all of a sudden got on the TB12 and oh he's just shredding freaking pounds like it's nothing, and all of a sudden he's going to look like Cam Newton. No. No, I, I I appreciate the effort that he's going to try to put in, but the Rooney said, hey, bro, we're going to fucking cut you if you don't get your shit together. And look, he said, okay, and he cut restructured his deal. Now he's trying to eat more salads and less burgers. I, I should probably join him. Uh, fuck, I need to, but look, I can't help myself. I had some fried chicken earlier with some mashed potatoes. And it was really fucking good. And I, I'm probably going to have a burger or steak tomorrow. And I'm not going to have many salads, but I should have a couple or two in my life. But back to Ben Roethlisberger, when thinking about, when I was thinking about this, talking about this to do this segment, and I was thinking about the Steelers and how everything's going to run, which I like the Melvin Ingram signing right now. We'll get into that in a second. Let's finish, let's finish up on Big Ben before you know I get into that and veer off path here. When I think about Ben, ben Roethlisberger... There are just just boom first thoughts when I think about Ben Roethlisberger I think about first of all the Super Bowl against the Cardinals because he was outstanding in that Super Bowl it, you know he had a shaky first half but his second half was phenomenal he made the great throw to San Antonio Holmes which I'm gonna uh, which I've always claimed it was a better throw than it was a catch but you know I I digress you know this you're talking about a, a Cardinals fan which whatever. And, and I think about that, and I think about him never being able to be brought down. I just, the images I have of Ben Roethlisberger is the dude could just never get sacked for whatever reason. He's running around the pocket. You have Bobby Wagner. You have Khalil Mack. You have the best, these best linemen in the league, defensive players in the league, and you can't bring this guy down, and somehow he makes a plays. Those are the two things when I think about Ben Roethlisberger. One is a Super Bowl win. The other one is just how outstanding he was, how he just couldn't get sacked, but yet he got sacked a lot. But a lot of them was to his own credit as well. And that you have a great offensive line. But to me, it's always felt like, has Ben Roethlisberger, with how great he's been, two Super Bowls, been to three, you know, I just said that, you know, an iconic Super Bowl play, one of the, maybe one of the best plays in Super Bowl history, that and Malcolm Butler, in that he's almost impossible to bring down in the pocket, does it kind of feel like he underachieved a little bit? It kind of feels, to me, it kind of feels like Ben Roethlisberger underachieved. Should he not have three Super Bowls, been to four? Should he not have been to five Super Bowls? I, I, I think so. And I think maybe some Steeler fans right now might be shaking their head yes a little bit that they think maybe Ben underachieved a little bit. And, and to me, I have to think that if you look at those seasons where he got hurt, the Steelers had it. The Steelers had some teams. They could have made a push. And now, look, you might you might go back and be like, look, we weren't we weren't that good. But you never know what can happen when you get in the playoffs, especially with Tomlin and Ben. It, it, 
And if maybe Ben started taking care of himself, I mean, six, seven years ago, think about the last seven or eight years for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Quiet. Crickets. Nothing. Nothing. The most excitement they've had in the last seven years was last year being like 12-0 and before they completely fell off a cliff and lost almost how many games straight in a row? I mean, I think they lost what I think they ended up losing like five out of their last six games or something. It was not good. Not good. But I just feel like Ben has underachieved just a little. I, I, I think his Ben. I mean, I look at Ben, two Super Bowls, three, two Super Bowls been to three, right? And, and the one that he lost was to Aaron Rodgers, right? So that's like, okay, well, he lost Aaron Rodgers. So it's not like he didn't go in there, had a shitty game, lost to some shitty team, right? Or a team that like had a miracle run. And he lost to Aaron Rodgers. But think about this. If Ben had won three, been to four, would we be talking about Ben Roethlisberger, top 10 quarterback of all time? I think we might. I think we might. Think about it. If the Steelers... If Ben had won four, which I thought could have been very realistic his entire time he's been there, for them to have won one four, been to five, why isn't Ben what why why can't we be talking Ben is fucking top five? One of the best quarterbacks of this decade. Shit, at that point are we talking Ben better than Peyton Manning? Fuck. Is he right he's right there with Tom Brady? I I I just I just feel like he's underachieved a little. He's underachieved just a little bit. And if if I was a Steeler fan, I would think I would be a little disappointed, especially how last season ended. Now, look, I, I'm, I'm excited, obviously, to go into this year and optim- very I should have high hopes and optimism for the season. Hopefully, Ben can get back on track. You know, you brought Juju back. You signed Mar- uh, uh, Melvin Ingram, who I like that signing. They signed him for a one-year deal. Now, look, Melvin Ingram is not some flashy, huge uh, edge rusher that everyone thought he was going to be coming out of college, but he's exactly what the Steelers need, a power edge rusher to complement T.J. Watt on the other side. You know, someone that can really he can clog up the run game, and he's a power guy. It, it, with a lot of these power rushers, it, it forces a lot of double teams, and guys like TJ and Devin Bush from the middle come make plays. I like this signing. I think it helps the Steelers a lot. It helps kind of fill a hole for Bud Dupree. That's exactly what kind of Bud Dupree was. I wouldn't be surprised if Melvin Melvin Ingram, we look up, you know, maybe like week 11, 12, and we look up, Melvin Ingram has like five or six sacks. It's like, oh man, Melvin Ingram's making an impact. I think it's very possible. And if that is if that happens in Ben Salad's work, and he keeps the beer bong away, and he stops eating the cheeseburgers, and he could look, I would have to say he'd have to look 35% better than he did last year. If that's the case, I think the Steelers could win the division. Other than that, I don't know if it's going to happen. I I just don't know if it's going to happen. Look, I'm never going to count Mike Tomlin out. They still have some studs on that roster. Their defense, there's no reason it shouldn't be any good. But Ben Roethlisberger is underachieved. It's my opinion. He's underachieved in his career. Even though he has two Super Bowls. That's crazy to kind of think, right? It's it's kind of stupid that I'm saying that. That a quarterback that's been to three Super Bowls is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's won two out of the three. And I'm saying he's underachieved. But to me, it kind of thinks that that's kind of me thinking how good I think Ben Roethlisberger is, right? Like, I, I, I clearly think he's better than most people do, I guess, because I just have this feeling that he's underachieved. And, and if, if I would be a little disappointed, even though it's hard to be because you won two Super Bowls with, uh, you know, with the guy since 2004. So it's hard to be disappointed because you've been to what? Three Super Bowls, six AFC championship games, right? You've played in huge playoff games. You've won your division numerous times. I'm sitting here as a Cardinals fan like, fuck, I wish I had a quarter of what the Steelers has accomplished, right? It's just from a fan base. But I don't know why. I, I just I, I just feel like Ben's underachieved just a little bit. Just a little bit. And I think the Steelers might underachieve just a little bit this year. So I saw Fred Warner signed a five-year, $95 million deal um, extension with the San Francisco 49ers. For those of you who don't know who Fred Warner is, because maybe you just haven't seen a lot of Niners games, and you know they they weren't good last year, but you should have saw them their Super Bowl year. Fred Warner is 
easily a top 15 defensive player, maybe top 10 defensive player in this league. I think there's maybe only two linebackers better than him. I would argue, I, I could even argue one, and that's Bobby Wagner. Fred Warner is an absolute monster. He's a beast. I hate playing the Niners because every every freaking play, I'm just looking for that guy and hoping he doesn't take Kyler Murray's head off. Because, I mean, Fred Warner kind of reminds me of a mix between Luke Kuechly and Ray Lewis, and that's stupid. I'm just saying stupid shit tonight, obviously, because uh, that's ridiculous. You can't take two of the best linebackers of all time and put them together. But I just kind of see that with him because he's a ball hawk. He can be. And his run, his run game is absolutely phenomenal. It, it's close. It, it, it's maybe just as good as Luke's and Ray's were. This guy on the field, he's a general. He's everything you need out of a middle linebacker. He's an absolute stud. He, he's a leader in the locker room. Shanahan loves him. The entire team love him. This guy, I expect him to be really, really good for a really, really long time, barring any injuries. And let's hope that's not a thing because we already lost Luke so early. And I I, I, I hate that Keekley doesn't play anymore because I loved watching that guy on the field. So good for Fred Warner. He got paid. He was going to get paid. We all knew it. Five years, $95 million. He's going to be the high, He's the highest paid linebacker in the league. Uh, someone's probably going to pass that. Probably Darius Leonard. Darius Leonard will probably get paid more than he would uh, here pretty soon. But it's still a lot of fucking money. And that's just what's going to happen. These middle linebackers, and these line, they're going to start getting paid a shit ton of money, these linebackers. Because they're just getting more freakish every, every year. They're getting more and more of a freak. And they're essential key part of defenses. Okay, I also saw this today, and uh, I think this is the NFL pretty much telling everybody, hey, we want everybody to get the vaccine. We want everybody to get the vaccine. Every player, every coach, everybody, we want them to be vaccinated. Because it came out and it said that if any games need to be rescheduled due to the COVID outbreak next year, if they need to be rescheduled and then for some reason – having scheduling conflicts like they can't play the game because people are still testing positive, it will count as a forfeit. That team will have to forfeit, and it's a, it, it's a, that's a record. So that's a, that goes in the loss category. It's a forfeit. So this is pretty much the NFL saying, hey, go get fucking vaccinated. Which, look, I, I, whatever, I don't care. Go get vaccinated. But it, there's a lot of players. DeAndre Hopkins, he literally came out and said that, I don't know about my future in the NFL. He, he's not happy with it because they're pretty much saying, look, just go do this. You have to do this. He doesn't want to do it. Uh, Cole Beasley, right? He's another one. So there, there are there are multiple NFL, now big stars coming out and saying, look, I don't want to fucking do this. And the NFL looks like they might come down with some punishment for it, which I don't agree with. I understand from a business standpoint. I get it. But I don't agree with it. And now... I don't foresee any team having this, having a having a huge COVID outbreak, not able to reschedule a game, and having a forfeit. That would fucking suck. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think the NFL is putting that out there because they're, it's going to force the players to go do it because they're not going to, because they're not they're going to feel bad like, oh shit, now I'm the reason you know that my fucking team can't ask the forfeit this game, and now we're not in the playoffs. You know, D Hop said the same thing. He was like, "Man, I had to put this tough, put me in this tough position, picking against my teammates like this, picking against my brothers, against against wins." Is pretty much what he's saying. I, that sucks. I have to choose against wins and my teammates and my family. Like, what are you doing? It's like Sophie's choice for some of these guys. They don't want to do it. I understand it. I get it. You're putting a fucking vaccine in your body. Look, I don't have it yet. I'm gonna get it. Everybody in my family has it. It's fine. I'm getting it because I want to fucking travel. And I don't have a private jet like these guys, so I can't just get on and go anywhere I want. I have to go through fucking TSA and in the international ports and get make sure all my shit. So I'm gonna get the vi- I'm gonna get the vaccine. But uh, this is starting to get in rumbles in here. I don't know what's gonna happen long term while training camp and preseason goes on. Maybe a lot of these players just cave in and get it. But I don't think the NFL is really gonna back up on it. I hopefully no hopefully no team has to forfeit. That would really really suck okay so let's talk a little college football and let's talk a little Oklahoma and Texas uh, a couple days ago 
Oklahoma, and Texas reached out to the SEC about joining the SEC. So they would leave the Big 12 and join the SEC. Now, here's the thing. I have been trying to think about this the past couple of days and try to think about, okay, uh, I don't... I don't know if I have a huge opinion on it, but I do have an opinion on these two teams. I have an opinion on Oklahoma, who just signed, they, they just signed like the number three overall recruit, the number one overall quarterback from California, right? They had Spencer Rattler, who was like the number two or three quarterback or whatever from Arizona. So they're getting these quarterbacks, they're getting these high end players. These guys want to go play for Oklahoma, they want to go play for Lincoln Riley. I get it. Oklahoma is a huge brand. They are the number one brand in the Big 12. Now, Texas is number two. However, unlike Oklahoma, Texas hasn't sniffed anything important since fucking Vince Young in 2005 when he had that incredible game-winning run to beat Pete Carroll, Reggie Bush, Matt Leinart, and USC. Since then, Texas has been, I mean, not great. I mean, they went to the national championship one more time since then, and that was with Colt McCoy, who got hurt like the second play of the game, and then that game just went to shit. I can't even remember who brought in. Is Gilbert was his name? I think it was Gilbert was his last name or something like that. That game sucked. That season in college football kind of sucked. Like, Texas wasn't even that good. And then since then, they've been absolutely nothing. Now, I understand these are two huge schools. Right, And these are two huge fan bases of these schools, and they would generate a lot more money for the SEC. We already have a Texas school in the SEC and Texas Tech. But if you take out these two schools from the Big 12, now you're the Big 10, but you don't have anybody. Like, who's your who's your all-star school? TCU? Like, who, Baylor? Like, who's your power? Like, who's, who's the school that's going to carry you? You don't, you don't have one. Was it Kansas Kansas State? Like, no, it's not. I just, it's not in the cards here. I understand why Texas and Oklahoma want to go. They want to go because, it, recruiting wise, they could be like, hey, look, you can come to Oklahoma, you can come to Texas. You know, especially with the NIL now, we, you know, name, image, likeness. You come to Texas, you can make a lot more money. You come to Oklahoma, you can make a lot more money. But at the end of the day, you know, Lincoln Riley can preach all that he wants, but Nick Saban. Or any coach in the SEC can go, son, you know you want to come play in the SEC. You get the most televised games. You get you get the most scouts to come look at you. You play the best competition. And at the end of the day, that is all 100% facts. Big facts. The Hook'em Horns they don't really stand a chance against the SEC. So like Kevin Durant for the Golden State Warriors, if you can't beat them, fuck it. Join them. And that's what Texas is trying to do. And Oklahoma, trying to do the same thing. Because if you still have both of them go, you still have the Red River rivalry. And everybody likes to see that. And that would be huge money for the SEC. And think about Texas. This is this is another reason why Texas can do this. And why I think they're I think Texas over Oklahoma is going to push for it more than any than than, than than they are. Texas has its own network. Not the Big 12 network. That's separate. The Texas Longhorns have their own network where they show everything. And all, and it's not controlled over a TV deal with like the Big 12. So they can move that to the SEC. It's no problem. They already have their own fucking TV deal like the New York Yankees. So Texas can move their TV deal and everyone doesn't have to switch channels. It's not like you have to go buy the SEC, like the SEC package now, make sure you get that. Nope. Guess what? If you, if you got, if you got the Longhorn Network is what it's called, then you got it. And now guess what? You get to watch SEC games too because the Longhorns are now in SEC. But I would be careful and tread very lightly if I'm Oklahoma and Texas, especially Texas, because you're not the South. You're not Alabama. Okay, you're not LSU. You're not even Vanderbilt. You are not the South. And I don't know if anybody... I've never been to Austin, Texas. But I've heard a lot of things about Austin. And I just know from the history of that area and the history of this school... Okay, they're more... uh, 
uppity, I would say, compared to the Southern SEC Conference, right? I don't know if they'd mesh well. I don't know if they'd mesh well. I just don't think they would. Texas Texas A&M, oh yeah, Texas A&M fits right in with the SEC. Fits right in with them. Because Texas A&M is like, to Texas was like the cousin that couldn't really sit. They didn't really want to sit at the adult table with everybody else. They kind of wanted to go sit at the kids' table or like go eat outside. That's that's what Texas A&M was. Texas A&M was the guy that always showed up late. You know, he had the beers in hand, ready to go. He's already had two shots in the car. He he, he takes all the white meat, so that's left all everybody else is fucking dark, and not everybody likes dark. You know that that was Texas A&M, and they joined the SEC, and the SEC's like, come here, we love you, come right in, you're gonna fit in with us. We'll adapt you into our culture. Your fans are already perfect. Your school's perfect. Okay, your education level is perfect. Come on over. Be in the SEC. I don't think Texas works there. I, I, I don't think Oklahoma works there, but I think they work more than Texas. This could start to be I don't like I said, I don't know if I have a huge theory or opinion on this yet, other than other than what I've stated. But this could start to be we could be looking in the next four or five years into just having three power super conferences. That's it. And pretty much the three conferences decide, I would probably say they would have 12 team each. And 12, those 12 teams would be the three power conferences. And I would imagine a lot of the power five schools that are currently in there, well, they would have to start their own conference. And then they would play their own national championship, which I'm not opposed to. But think about how all chaotic that just sounded. That sounded so chaotic. So what, there's going to be three power power conferences and yeah, we're going to take these guys and then we're going to take those guys and we don't want these guys and then you can go do your own thing. College football needs 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 like a CEO. They need a head figure because it's just getting, it's getting ridiculous. It's starting to become, and again, we're going to go with Texas, but Texas every year, we want to, we want to, we don't, we want to be our own country. We don't want to be with the U.S. anymore. Now, this is starting to happen in college football. Oh, we don't want, we want to go here. We want to do that. We want to have this. We want to have that. We And there's, and, and it's just commissioners and, and, and board members and this school governors, this school and that school and this, and it, it's just a bunch of mess. It's, it's bullshit. It's, it's crazy. College football, college athletics as a whole, and especially football, we're talking football. They need like a commissioner, a Roger Goodell, a Dana White, an Adam Silva, someone that's going to come in there and know what the fuck they're doing and, and, and tighten this shit up and, and make it better. Make it not so chaotic. Make it not so that, oh, Texas is just going to join the SEC. Oh, you know, USC is not happy with the Pac-12 anymore. They're moving over to the Big Ten, guys. Hey, you know what? We're going to bring down four schools, okay, from, from, from this conference. They're moving up. We're bringing these four down. We're just going to start switching it up. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? I, it's it, This is starting to get a little chaotic. So, like I said, I don't really know. I think this can go a bunch of different directions. I think I just said about four or five different directions that that this the Oklahoma and Texas doing this can branch out, and I don't know what's going to happen or what's going to take place from here. I think it would be hard to see both of them in the SEC, but I think something, if it does happen, I think super conferences are coming. Maybe a commissioner is coming. I don't know, but uh, it's pretty wild. I'll tell you, I mean, it's just going to be more entertaining, I guess, for the SEC. I mean, what do you do? Do you kick out, like, Vanderbilt? Like, hey, look, listen, Vanderbilt, we love you. You've been you've been in this conference for like a hundred years, but uh, get the fuck out. It's time to go. Kick rocks. We got we got Texas and Oklahoma coming. We don't need you anymore. You go do your own thing somewhere. I don't know. I would watch it more, and I already watch a lot of SEC football, and that I think that's the point to make money and do all that, and that's what these schools are trying to do because there is no commissioner, there is no CEO, there is no overlooking body that can that can help manage all this. It's just a money grab. That's all it is. It's just a money grab, money grab, money grab, money grab. And uh, the SEC might have 15 teams in it in three years. And everyone's just fucking playing in the SEC. And at that point, you might as well just, instead of calling it the NCAA, just call it the SEC. And you're playing for the SEC championship, and that's all it is. And who fucking knows? But it's kind of crazy. It's wild. I think something needs to change. Something needs to happen. We're going to a 12-team playoff. Texas and Oklahoma are going to be in the SEC. 
Who knows what's going to happen with the NIL? College college athletics flipping upside down right now. The next five years is going to be very interesting. All right, guys, I think that's going to do it for today. Uh, yeah, no more, nope, no more, no more stories. But uh, that's good. Look, training camp's right around the corner. When I when I'm talking to you guys on Monday, pretty much every team is going to be reported. We're going to have stuff shooting out left and right. I'm excited to get it all break, get, get it all breaking down with you guys. Uh, I'm going to start having more guests. Like I said, next week I think I already have one lined up. Uh, I'm going to bring I'm going to bring on somebody. I'm excited to bring on. Uh, I've known him for a while. I think it's going to be a great time. So uh, you guys have a great weekend. I will talk to you next week. Enjoy. Be safe. Have fun. Peace. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Breaking the Goal Line podcast. I am your host, as always, Russell Goddard. And uh, it's great to be back with you. It's great to be talking to you guys. It's great to have you listen to me and whatever you're doing right now. And I appreciate it as always. Uh, Look, we're coming down to it. Training camp is here. We had the Steelers and the Cowboys report today. We'll be talking a little bit about both teams. We have a couple more teams reporting tomorrow. And by Wednesday next week, every team is going to be reported. And we are here. It is training camp and then preseason and then the regular season. We're kicking off and I am excited. It gets closer and closer by the day. Uh, but you know, let's take it one day at a time until we get there. And you know, right here we're sitting, what is it? July 22nd. It's a Thursday. I'm recording this late. I'm recording this at 925. A nice late recording this morning to this morning, uh, tonight. Uh, but we're going to get into a little Aaron Rodgers talk, a little Steelers talk, you know, a little big Ben there, uh, a little college football talk with the NIL with name, image, and likeness. And also what Texas and Oklahoma is doing and what they're trying to do. And I don't know if I have a huge take on that yet, but it's going to develop and I think it can go a couple different ways. Uh, So we're going to we're getting all that before we do. As always, go ahead and hit the subscribe button for me, please. Wherever you listen to it's Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Anchor, wherever you go, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And as always, if you listen on Apple iTunes, that's the only place to leave a review. Go ahead and leave me a review, please. Get five stars if you could. That would be very appreciative. All right, guys, let's just get in all of it.